Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the podcast, the first episode of 2024. As a matter of fact, we're excited about this one. We're excited about a, a new year. Before we jump in, I want to take this opportunity to tell you about the winter session, the 2024 winter session of the Growth Initiative. It is going to be starting. It's open for enrollment now. So if you're listening to this podcast, you can head over to nowthatwe'rafamily.com forward slash growth forward slash growth initiative, and you can sign up for the growth initiative. The first live session will be January 11th. That's a Thursday, Thursday, January 11th. And it's going to run for six weeks. All of the live calls happen within that six week period. So it's going to be running the live portion anyways, from January 11th to February 15th. You have access to all the other materials for your entire life, lifetime access to the printables, to the previously recorded videos, to past sessions, to the community page, etc. But that live session, the six-week live session, will be running from January 11th to February 15th. You can sign up right now for enrollment. If you're interested, you want more information, go over to the link that I'm going to link below. This is for men that are husbands, fathers, looking to grow in areas of life that matter most to them. And this is the time of year for growth. I, I, this is probably the most excited I've been for a growth initiative session because of the things I'm mostly excited about growing in the areas of, that I'm mostly excited about growing in my own life. And uh, so if you're looking to grow in your faith and your ability to lead yourself as well as your wife and your family to grow in your health and your ability to earn and provide for your family, to be a leader within your community and your church, the growth initiative is for you. With that said, let's get this thing rolling. The now that we're a family. So we're actually recording this on New Year's Day. You guys will be listening to it tomorrow. Our yeah. tomorrow. Yes. And it's just been, I love the week between Christmas and New Year's. It's my favorite week out of the entire year. And it always has been because it's just that anticipation and you guys know I like working from a place of bonus and so it's a bonus nothing's required of you that year uh that week yeah that week yeah feels like a year <laughs> no, nothing's really required of you that week and so anything you do to get a head start on the new year is a bonus and it was really really fun for us to look back at our past year consider okay what went well what didn't go well what do we want to change and then vision cast for the next year you, you know 2024 and what's so cool is to see that even though things don't go exactly according to plan they do go exactly according to God's plan. And that is something that is very encouraging yeah. as we've looked past, uh, looked back, I guess, on our past year. And as we plan the year going forward, it's just like, wow, we can have so much peace mm. seeing how God orchestrates even the moments of stress and difficulty of this last year to, you know, you, you just see the linear where he's taking you. Yeah, you absolutely. You see the whole thing, but you see how it's working together. Yeah, it's funny because I think that should instill confidence and more of a desire to plan your ways. I mean, the proverb says that man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. This doesn't say man shouldn't plan his ways, or it doesn't say man should just sit on his hands waiting for the Lord to, you know, make his path known. We are given prescriptions for how to pursue the Lord's will in our life. And one of those is making plans for our life, doing it as unto the Lord, doing it as in su submission to his hierarchy, to his value system. But I think, you know, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. Was that Proverbs uh, five? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, was that you know, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Proverbs three, three, Proverbs three, five. Um, 
And that is a very proactive thing. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Mm -hmm. You think of that. It's like that none of this is a passive role that the Christian plays uh, that, however, we are able to stand back after a year or after, you know, multiple years after a lifetime and say, wow, the Lord really did have his will as Mm -hmm. he said he would. And we got to be a part of it. And what a humbling experience that is. And what a privileged uh, opportunity we have as, as Christians, as his children to be a part of his unfolding plan. Yeah. So one thing that we wanted to talk to you guys about, I guess, is what we're changing here in the upcoming year. And the really cool thing about where we're at going into this new year and hopefully where we are all at going into this new year is we aren't trying to completely 100% recreate ourselves, our life and everything. And I feel like sometimes I used to head into a year thinking that, thinking, okay, I'm just going to be 100% new, Katie, my life's going to look completely different, all these things. But it's really cool when you start realizing that even though we're given this objective time frame to reflect and look back and look forward and measure progress, hopefully we're just moving forward. Perfection is not the goal. We didn't achieve perfection last year. We aren't going to achieve perfection this year, but we have some momentum rolling into this new year. And there are certain things that we don't have to focus on that, that we focused on last year. And I think that some, I see this a lot in the get it all done club where, um, and, and I can feel this way looking into other people's lives when they've had success in a certain area of life. I think, wow, I'm going to try to add in all these things all at once. I need to get my kids outside and I need to start reading and I need to read myself and read to my kids. And now my kids, you know, whatever the case may be, get my home clean and organized and start a business and all those things. Instead of just being like, what are the two or three things I really want to focus on this year? Mm-hmm. Hopefully I can make them so much a part of my life and they just become so deeply ingrained as to who I am. What do they say in that Atomic Habits book? Oh, they become my identity mm-hmm. that I'm able to not focus on those things, put those things on autopilot and focus my energy towards some new things mm. in the new year. Yeah. And I feel like that's the place that I'm coming into this new year with. Like, I don't have to try right now to not eat after dinner. That's just like something that's a part of my life now. And yeah. so that's a blessing. I'm not, I'm not focusing on that. I'm get to free up that focus to go somewhere else. Yeah. I mean, referencing, you know, we should probably just say it now, if this is a great time of year to read Atomic Habits, we probably read that book once a year and we have for the last few years. Uh, but something I thought of when you brought that book up is, you know, when it becomes a part of your identity, it takes systems for it to get there. And you mentioned eating after dinner as being one of those things. That's not a willpower thing for Mm -hmm. you anymore. It's not something you need to put on your to-do list or it's not a new year's resolution you're making. It's just a part of your identity now because it's it's a now a habit. It's something that you don't have to think about not doing. And we I think oftentimes, you know, we talk about the gap and the gain a lot. And this is a time of year where many people just look at everything that they look at all the ways they all the ways they fell short. Mm-hmm. And they go, "Boy, I needed I was look at my health, look at my financial state, look at whatever. You just you go where my kids are at academically, where I was going to read more, I didn't. You beat yourself up and then you make your goals from a place of deficiency, of feeling any ill-equipped, feeling insufficient, being like, I just need to be better and do better. And that's proven to not be a sustainable way to set goals or to make, uh, make new systems or to establish new habits. And the reason we talk about the gap in the gain a lot, it's a Dan Sullivan uh, principle that he, that he developed, uh, is because Kate, what Katie just said would be so easy to overlook to say, Oh, not eating after dinner isn't even a goal for anymore. Cause it's a part of my identity. What human nature does is not even acknowledge the progress you've made in that area. 
and you would say you you wouldn't even count that as a win because of it's a habit. We usually do not count our current habits as a win or as a success. And I love this. You know, everybody's 100% disciplined in their current habits or uh, there's a quote along those lines, but it is so uh, second nature, so to speak, that you're not able to go back and say, oh, this time last year, that was an encumbrance in my life. That was something I really wanted to overcome. Look at that. You are able to count that win, see the progress you made, and then make a make new goals from that place of confidence. I think of the same thing. Yesterday, I was looking at journals from uh, 2020, uh, 2020 and 2021. My, it was my journal from end of 2020 to end of 2021. And I was just writing down goals and ambitions. And I, I just kept writing like week after week, page after page, need to spend less time on Facebook and Instagram, <laughs> need to spend less time on sports media, need to spend less time. And I would say that time and time again. And I thought, wow, that is so funny because those things do not show up in my life anymore. You know, Facebook, Instagram, scrolling uh, social media accounts, they are not a part of my life. And yet I'm so prone to not acknowledging that growth or that new habit, that new system. Yeah, I think people are, can be kind of confused just with our social media because it is active, but an incredible gal runs that completely for us. Yeah. So we no longer have Facebooks and we no longer have Instagrams that we run. Yeah. Um, someone else does all that for us. So like that's Such just kind of like a huge thing that we oh, aren't having yeah. to deal with anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I kind of derailed you. You were talking about. No, I love that, though. Yeah, that's something that like you aren't taking into 2024. Exactly. And I think that's the thing is we don't need to have these. Yeah, we can start out with these all out goals and maybe we fall short of them. But what we need to take into the next year, hopefully, is just growth. We need to have grown in some areas because when you grow in capabilities and your identity grows by just these little bits, then that frees up your time. It frees up your energy emotionally, physically, however that is, to be able to throw at something else. Yeah. And I talk about this in the Get It All Done Club um, the free webinar, but it's just that snowball, then you're able to start snowballing. And this is why successful people get more successful, the rich get richer, you know, just these things that maybe you've heard thrown around. I know I have. And it's because they're able to take that little bit of energy and time or money or whatever it is and reinvest and reinvest and reinvest instead of doing the same thing over and over and over. Yeah. Referencing so, another self-development book. I mean, this is funny. Just you're saying all these things. I think of the compound effect in Darren Hardy. It's the time of year. Yeah, it is. <laughs> big Mo. You know, he talks about yes. getting big Mo, and that is a real thing. And, and unfortunately, it works far often, far, far more often in a negative way. You feel this, and you're able to identify it in the negative areas of your life where maybe it starts out with just a bad dietary habit, and then that leads to more of a lethargic you know, lifestyle. Then it leads to you know, gaining weight. Then it leads to less energy, so you don't even want to work out. And you're like, man, momentum is not on my side. However, it works on the positive side, too, where you get just your diet a little bit more dialed in. You start your morning off with you know, a healthy breakfast, and then you take a walk instead of sitting on the couch. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks, and you've got big mo on on the offensive it's it's on it's in a really positive way and i think you said that well katie with the whole like you know successful people get more and more successful and, and same with the rich get richer it's because you have momentum and you're able to develop systems where you're no longer tending to these more baseline things it's like those are on auto like my my workout routine or evening routine the, the whatever it may be, these things that are important, those are kind of on more or less autopilot. And then I'm able to put, because we do have limited willpower. We've got a finite, uh, I guess, quantity of willpower. And you want to be able to 
a lot your willpower to things that really matter to your growth and they matter to your core values and to your giant five for the future. And, and, and again, getting back to this year, we've talked about not setting New Year's resolutions. We still don't. We mm-hmm. don't set New Year's resolutions. However, we do identify themes that we want to be pursuing for the new year. We've talked a lot about different time frames. You know, this is, again, a Dan Sullivan thing. I think he says the only time frames that matter are 90 days, three years, and 30 years. Is that correct? Or maybe 25 I think years? so. Yeah, something like that. Um, and and I, I agree with that as far as, like, goal setting. I think that is really good. However, for choosing a theme, an area you want to be growing towards, one year is really nice. Like, cause mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot, there's something that you can't like, um, like it doesn't lie. Like your, your year in, in retrospect does not lie. When you, you look have back enough accumulative decisions exactly. to be able to see a chunk. I don't know how you say this. I was trying to describe it. We were trying to have this conversation. And I still couldn't say it. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say what I mean, yeah. what I mean by yeah, it. Maybe do. it's different than what you mean by it. But I think throughout the course of a year, a 365 t- day time frame you can deceive yourself many times by saying, oh, this is an isolated incident. You know, like I'll get back on my workout routine next week. I'm a healthy person or I'm just going to, you know, eat this this one time. I'll get back on it next next week or next month or whatever it is. This is I, I know we're on the savings plan, but I'm going to buy this thing and it's going to be an exception. You can do that week after week, month after month, but then you get to the end of a year and you look back and it just kind of tells the truth as to who you were in general for the year. And it was really sobering for me this year to look back. And again, this is going to sound like more of a negative spin on it because we talked about maybe in our last episode, we first like to go back and look at the wins and and move on from there. But there were some things that really sobered me up when I did a a one-year audit and thought, boy, honestly, I'm in worse shape right now than I was this time last year. And I I had to deconstruct that and discover why. Because if you would have asked me in April, I would have been like, well, yeah, it's kind of a bad month. I'm dealing with this injury or we've been busy, so I haven't been able to hit the gym as much. But to be able, but to actually look soberly at my health where I was in 2023, I'm like, this was a far worse health year, fitness year, um, you know, like exercise routine year than 2022. Why was that? And yeah, injury played a big role in it. I was going to say, you were injured a lot this year. But that, that, again, you have to break that down. Like, why was that? You know, and then you go back to diet and you go back to time in the word. There are some things that were really because of the priorities I I made for 2023, growing the business, really prioritizing family times together. I think being outside the thousand hours outside, skiing as a family, family hikes. Boy, and again, you count those as a win. You're like, oh my goodness, we grew in those areas. But then I looked at some personal areas in my life and I thought, I really needed, I really want to do better in 2024 in my personal health and fitness, in my personal time in God's word. Yeah, sure. Family reading time was big time increased. Family Bible times, huge win. You know, family, uh, you know, reading about missionaries as a family, big time up in 2023. But then I looked at my personal time in God's word. And it's like, man, that was down. I don't want that. I want to make some changes on that going forward. Anyways. Yeah, that's really big. I was going to say as far as something, my primary thing that's changing going into 2024 is time in God's word. I mean, it's just not something I read so much this year, but when it came to time in God's word, that was so spotty. And it's just something I don't want. We were talking about this. You were talking about this with parenting. Um, you could say it so much better than I can. This is your I, I don't know what it is. No. <laughs> Um, you know, when you were talking about how you, all the things, all the one thing that parents have in common that we look to. Oh yeah. 
well okay well i'll try to reiterate what i said i know sorry that was a bad setup well basically i'm very good it was so convicting to me yeah i think it's so easy when you care so deeply about marriage you care so deeply about your kids to go even to God's word or go to Christian literature with that being the focal point, being like how mm-hmm. I really want to ensure my kids do well, that they know the Lord, that they walk in integrity, that they you know are not entangled by sin in, in the same way I was, or I want our marriage to thrive. I want to make sure we're on the same page here. And those are such good things to, to focus on. But it's funny how there's been times, especially recently, I go to God's word and it's like, where, like, what is my heart before the Lord? What, where am I? at in my, you know, just kind of consciousness with the Lord and, and my desire to, to know him and my desire to grow in the nurture and admonition of him, not look going to it as far as, okay, what's the best way for me to explain this to my kids? Or what's mm-hmm. the best way for me to, you know, uh, I guess, apply this to my marriage, but to say, Lord, like, where, where are you and I? And I know like positionally, I'm, I'm think to be to God, I'm always perfect before God because of Christ's work. But there's this relational aspect that I can choose to really acknowledge or or ignore when it comes to walking with God. And and I, and again, I, I kind of hate that type of language a lot of times. People are like, well, how are you really doing, brother? You know, like at the men's group or at church, like how like how, how are you doing? How's your walk with the Lord? And so much of that language is so like, I don't know, feminine and just like I, I don't like talking that way. But I think the intention, I think, probably comes from a good spot of being like, yeah, we care about fathering, we care about marriage, we care about you know serving our community well. But like, where where are you at in your in your faith? Where are you at in your confidence in His salvation? Where are you at in your intimacy with Him and your in your decision making? Are you seeking first His will? Like when you have a big decision to make, are you going before the Lord on your knees and you just feel so much confidence in Him? Uh, as you go out into the workplace, is that where your strength and your confidence is coming from or, or is it not? And I was big time convicted because even though, yeah, I can look at all the spiritual books I read this year, all the time I spent in God's word, so much of my posture and going towards it was as it pertains to being a father or as it pertains to being a husband or, you know, being in my community, which it's good. I want to be able to take what the word has for me in all those areas of life, but I almost like at times turned the, my brain off from like, where, where am I at? My, my, this term, you know, personal relationship with Jesus, you know, that is a real thing as an evangelical Christians. You, it's pretty cool that we get a personal relationship with our creator, mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Thank you. I do feel like I've just been going to scripture a lot this last year is like this topical reference, mm. or even as I've studied theology, I've gone to it as a topical reference, like a research guide and seeing how verses go together and how they don't and opposing verses and, you know, looking at scripture formulaically instead of just walking with God in my day in and my day out. Well, and the former version, the former way to view scripture is extremely helpful. Well, it is extremely helpful, but someone like Jordan Peterson can do that. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm. someone that is completely unsaved can go to scripture and pull out truths and use natural law and see how things work. But that whole, sometimes I think I've gotten away in, in studying doctrine and studying theology. I've gotten away from that living, breathing Holy spirit. (laughs) word of God and that, like you said, that personal relationship, Mm -hmm. because that can sound kind of like this airy fairy thing, but there is a real relationship. You know, when I have a relationship with Elisha, I am Mm. talking with him. I am spending time with him consistently, constantly just going to have a conversation and to spend time, not to, you know, debate something or figure something out or 
I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not interacting with the creator in the way that I want to be just because I'm going to his word. Wow. And so I really want that to change. Something that really shifted in my heart was one, just that feeling of dryness spiritually. Um, and I know we aren't dependent on our feelings when it comes to our relationship with God, but it is something that can be a warning sign. And then also just seeing um, our son really wanted a Bible. And so we got him a Bible for Christmas. And just this last week, I'm like, I don't know, I'm getting emotional. I'm probably, I don't know what I am. <laughs> I'm a woman. <laughs> but just seeing him, he's been up every single morning with his little Bible and he could barely read it. And he's just reading God's word. Mm -hmm. And one, I am so encouraged that that's something that he apparently sees Elisha and I do enough that he believes that that's something a Christian does and something he wants to do. But I was just like, wow, Lord, like I want to have that hunger for you and just have that be what my children see first thing in the morning, every single morning is me just being in God's word. And um, that has not been my case this year. And again, I can point to, you know, morning sickness, or I can point to postpartum, or I can point to the different things that threw it off. But it really is something that I just, I, I want to change going into this, into this new year. Oh, I feel the exact same way, the conviction, and the encouragement that's come from seeing Leon's, what he considers to be just the habits of a Christian. He yeah. had his Bible, and I'm talking to him in, he's got his little reading light, and he says, just like in his enthusiastic way, just like, best thing you can do is read the Bible right when you wake up and right before you go to sleep. Yeah, and he heard that in a proverb. And I was like, that, that's like, you're exactly right. There's, that is spot on. Oh no, and Psalm 1, meditates on God's word day and night. Yes. Yeah. And that's just how he applied. He's like, well, I know what that means. I'm going to yes. read it before I go to bed and read it right when I wake up. And he just has such a sparkle and an enthusiasm and an, ex and an excitement towards it that, yeah, maybe he's seen me do it out of habit. And he, of mm -hmm. course, he's seen he's seen you do it out of habit. But I see his childlike faith or his yeah. true excitement. I'm like, Lord, I want that. Like, boy, do I want that. And I want to exemplify that, not just the mechanics of going to God's word, but a true excitement for God's word. And I think what you were trying to prompt me to say actually a while back, I just remembered and I, I told, took, took, took it a totally different direction, was that when we look, we like a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, you're looking to the left and to the right, looking for examples of parents that have done it well, or that you would say have done it well, where they've raised children to know the Lord, to walk with God, to, to continue on in the faith, and then to raise another generation of Christians. How cool is it when you can find that um, and you see that hap happening? Um, mm -hmm. And, and we're so prone to breaking down the tactics and even the strategies of those parents. And we'll say, okay, well, see, they homeschooled. And, okay, I see they did family Bible times. And, um, you know, this family did sports with their kids. This family didn't. And what are we going to do? And you really think of the application. And those are good things to to consider. But one thing, I ju it just, like, smacked me in the face recently. I was like, the common denominator with all of those people is that you do not question the authenticity or the integrity of those parents' faith, their, their personal faith and confidence in it. I mean, this makes me emotional, honestly, yeah. when I think about that, because of how caught up I get in the tactics of being like, are we going to, you know, uh, are we going to have our kids go to youth group? Are we going to, what are, what, who are their friends going to be? Who are the influences going to be? Are they going to, are we going to prepare them for college? Um, you know, what, what books are we going to introduce to them? And then I step back. I'm like, where am I? That's the one thing I, I, you know, you can't fake that for, you know, for a very long time in front of your kids. And sure, I've told my kids, yeah, you want to read the word, you want to love God's word, but what are they seeing? What are they witnessing in in, uh, in the home? And going to your parents and to my parents 
to your grandparents, to my grandparents, people that we look up to, that's one thing you never question. You can question tactics all day long. Mm-hmm. Say, man, why did they go to that church? Or why, you know, why did they do that homeschool curriculum? Or why, why did they send their kids to that sports camp? Uh, but one thing I've never questioned with my parents or your parents is their genuine faith and confidence and hope in, in the Lord. Is their true desire to know the Lord, to walk with Him, and to uh, just have their whole being uh, come from Him? This is so embarrassing. <laughs> it's not embarrassing. It's so encouraging because, like, seeing your softness of your heart before the Lord, and that's uh, where I want to be too. And that's just really what we want to be as a family, primarily, I guess, and as a couple going into this new year is not focusing so much on the day in and the day out stuff. We love the practical stuff, but just focusing on pursuing Christ uh, as a family, as individuals, as a couple, and knowing that the other things, he takes care of the rest. He truly does. And we can rest in that. We can rest in that, that he has our children. And um, yeah, it's just not something that we have to carry the burden of all the little things that we're probably going to do wrong. And, or even the things that we're going to do right. We can't take any of the, um, the reward isn't ours. The praise is all God's. And so anyways, that's, that's a big thing for this year. I think, yeah, yeah you go ahead. Well, I'll, I'll just kind of, as another add on to that, I think another reason that this has come to um, this g- kind of watershed moment, what, it, what feels to be that way anyways, is because of the age of our kids. Mm-hmm. When your children are so young, like our children are, and they have been really like the tactics are kind of all that matters. You know, just kind of like, okay, you discipline them this way. You train them to not say that and to say this. You, these are the boundaries and they, and they thrive within that, right? A lot of it is just behavioral. Yeah. It's just behavioral, like managing and modification. Um, But then to see, oh, as children go and here we, we only have, he's only, he's not even seven, you know, and yet you see him knowing the difference of when we mean it and when we don't mean it, when we live it and when we don't live it. And you're like, oh, Lord, what an opportunity for me to not be a freaking hypocrite, you know, for me to not be um, somebody that says one thing and does the other. Because it, it really, yeah, you cannot, and this is, again, going back to those people we look up to. I'm not saying they walked flawless before the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. But they, you never questioned where their confidence and their hope was and that they had a true affection and an affinity towards God and the things of God, like they actually liked God's word. You know, they actually would prefer spending time in God's word versus, I don't know, wasting their time doing something else that I probably Mm -hmm. spent a lot of my previous year doing. Mm -hmm. And I think when you start to see that come out in your children, it's, it's such an amazing opportunity for growth, for conviction, to take that conviction and be like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't want my kids to say, oh, my parents are Christians because they get up in the morning and read their Bible and they love God. No, they're Christians because of what Christ has done on their behalf. And that's why I'm a Christian as well. But I see that my parents really believe that, that they really believe that they are a new creation, that they really believe that, you know, God sacrificed all for them so they could have newness of life. And, th- and they're living that out. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is, these are really big things. And I think that's something that it comes down to for me is, what am I talking about? Like in our home, we talk a lot. Elisha and I, you might not have guessed, we talk a lot <laughs> uh, together. And that's something that I love about our marriage. But And it's something that the kids overhear. And I just think this morning, you know, we've just both read a ton of scripture this morning. And it was so sweet with our kids reading scripture as well. 
And then we are just talking about it. We're all sitting around talking about just Isaac and Rebecca and Abraham and stuff that we hadn't noticed before. And Leon was talking about some Proverbs that he was reading. He's like, have you guys noticed that almost all the Proverbs start with the same two words? My son. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, this is so cool. This is what I want our home to be filled with this year. We talk a lot of ideas. We talk a lot of business. We talk, uh, you know, doctrine. We talk so many different things, just dreams. But it's like the amount of time that we spend, I just would love. This morning was just so refreshing. It was. Just how we were all just talking about God's work. Yeah. Yeah, because like you said, we've talked a lot about skiing this winter. We've talked a lot about whether or not we're going to get more snow. We've talked a lot about, you know, getting Louis swimming like we want we we, the books we're reading we talk a lot about the books we're reading and I love all that I love the diversity of conversation in our home and life is full and there's so much beauty in enjoying all of God's creation you know I want my kids to get excited about hikes and to talk about the new hikes they want to go on because that's being a part of this being a Christian is it's being out and enjoying God's creation but like you said I want that to all be saturated in just knowing God's word and letting, you know, when we, what is, what is the Deuteronomy passage? Like when you wake up and when you lie lay down, down and when you walk, walk with about, your children, walk, yeah, that we're teaching them from God's word and that it's on our heart and you're able to use examples. You know, last night the bar, the brothers were fighting my, our boys, Louis and Leon. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought I was going to like give them this nice little Bible lesson. And, and I said like, Hey, did, did you guys know who, uh, Cain and, uh, Cain and Abel are? <laughs> And Leon goes, oh, yep. And he presented me with like a 15-minute excerpt of of that whole story. And I was like, right on. That was that was really awesome. But I want our life to be filled with situations like that, where you're bringing God's word into real-life situations and you're applying it, and it's just on our heart. Yeah, just on our heart and our minds. I think back of that. This has been a real wake-up call for me over and over and over. And I don't know if I can say it completely, but I know that you really are in a bad place when you're talking about people. That's like the most degraded form of conversation. If you're just talking about people, it's typically leaning towards gossip and there's not a lot of profit in it. But you remember that? It said like, well, because of the quote, I should say. Is it's, it Eleanor Roosevelt's quote? Is that what it is? I thought it was Eleanor, like small minds talk about people. Um, medium minds. I don't know. <laughs> average minds talk about. Oh, but now I need to work. But anyways, We've I think. look up. And great minds talk about ideas. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, look it up. But I think that's something that I always get a wake-up call on the gossip side. That quote comes to mind when I just start talking about people and that's all I can think to talk about because it typically goes towards belittling people at a certain point. And you just know you're on a slippery slope. Even if you're talking positively of people, um, it's it can real quickly slide off. It's not what great minds talk about. So this is, I mean, this is what I found online with one Google search. Nice. By Eleanor Roosevelt. Which I did get that part right. Yeah, way but, to uh, go. Great minds discuss ideas. Average minds discuss events. Small minds discuss people. Yeah, that's good. Anyways, that's really good. And and I would say that the best thing to discuss is uh, God's word. Amen. Okay, so anyway, that's something that clearly is on both of our hearts. And I just trust that the Lord is, is drawing us towards himself. And mm-hmm. praise God for that. And praise him for his conviction. And so... Um, that's something that we really want to change in 2024 mm-hmm. is just straight up amount of time spent in God's word and yep. walking closely with him. And so with that said, this is going to sound like I'm getting all practical and tactical here, but I think you do that. We're you have afraid this, of that. Yeah. You have this desire and you're thinking, boy, I've got so much clarity right now. And the new year oftentimes provides that for people. You say, I've got so much clarity on what I want to be about. You've got, you, you all of a sudden have this fresh, like 30,000 foot view. And you're like, this is actually what I want. Now, 
the lie is, is that you're going to have that clarity next week. People will think yes. that. And, and, they, and they'll set a resolution and they'll say, I'm going to read my Bible every day for the next year because I'm going to feel this way. I've, it's so obvious that this is what matters and I know I'm going to feel this way. And that's a lie because this feeling of inspiration, this clarity is going to go away far sooner than what you even realize. And so when you have these moments of clarity, like what we have right now, I think when we look back and we say, what do we want this, the theme of 2024 to be? Man, we want it to be in God's word. We want it to be in our personal walking with God, growing in our personal relationship with him and exemplifying, you know, a, a godly life to our children. Uh, we're like, that's a good thing to desire. Now, what systems are we going to put in place mm -hmm. that support us when these feelings depart from us, when the, when the feelings leave us? Because what we're going to do is we're going to fall back. We're going to resor re, re, um, resort to our habits, to our mm -hmm. current set of habits. When the time, when it actually, when the rubber meets the road and you're back into your weekly flow, the kids are doing homeschool, you're going to home group, you're going to church and the new, year, the new year's under a new start, you're gonna, like I said, fall to your current set of habits. So how do you develop systems that help you then form new habits that support this newly found desire or maybe this old desire that we have a new inspiration for to be in God's word. And I think that this is something that Kate and I have kind of obsessed about over the last couple of years. I know that's why you developed the Get It All Done Club. That's why I started the growth initiative is because we want systems to support us in these new areas that we want to grow in. And kind of giving an example back on the health thing I talked about, I, I looked at my year and I was like, okay, this is, I, I need to make health more of a priority but I know that my current set of habits apparently were not supporting me. I was ending in injuries. I was missing classes. I was missing my home workouts because of the current state of our garage. So I need a new system. And and we've done we've talked about this before. But I was like, man, we met a couple from our church that owns a CrossFit gym. It's like I'm doing. It. I'm 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 paying for three months right now because that's going to be my system for for fitness and health for the next quarter. Because I know that as good and as clear as my vision is right now for health in 10 days, I'm just going to fall back to my, to my current set of habits. So what are the systems that we are setting up for spending more time in God's word? Yeah. One that's really encouraged me and one that I did two years ago that I loved, I'm going back to this year. And that is reading the Bible through in a year, because I really love that just that date on the top of the page helps me see very clearly if I am in God's word or if I'm not in God's word. You know, if it is March and I'm still reading in the January section of the Bible, then it's a very clear, hey, you have not been in God's word very consistently here or very much. And so I just like that. For me, the number one thing that I've learned that will change my behavior is tracking something. I don't even have to set a resolution for it. I don't even care if I get through this Bible in two years. All I have to say is I am tracking what I am reading in scripture and I will blow my goals out of the water because that is just what I do and so I think of that when it comes to another thing that I'm doing is I'm that's different this year is I'm tracking I have a little skinny notebook and these notebooks are the best because I just slide them in in between other notebooks that I'm using um but I'm writing on one page January and on the other side January okay real complicated. On one side, I'm writing down the scripture that I read in January. And on the other side, I'm writing down the name of every YouTube video and every movie slash show that I watch in January. Now, I'm not trying to cut down on media. I'm not trying to read more scripture. Technically, all I have to do is track it. And that is my goal for this year mm. is to track where 
the name of everything I'm watching up against and compared to the name of the amount of scripture I'm consuming. Mm. And for me, that is going to be highly, highly motivating. Mm. And um, I'll share it at the end of the year. Yeah. I love that you are highly motivated by tracking things. I don't think I work quite the same way. No, you you have to figure out what works for you. So, so what I'm doing, and again, this is going to sound very like basic and simple, but it it serves me. It, 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 and it's a system for me. When I have these moments of inspiration, I go to like, okay, so what am I reading instead of God's word? Okay. I'm reading this set of fiction or I'm reading these self-development books or more times than not, I'm probably watching something that is just not as helpful to my, to my life. And so instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to make sure I read my Bible instead, I, you know, the Atomic Habits talks about that. Like, make it obvious. Okay, well, I'm going to take my Bible out. I'm going to have multiple Bibles at multiple stations. It's like, I need a Bible by my bed, because I didn't have that currently. I had my one Bible that I'd put in my backpack, I'd bring it to my office, I'd bring it to the studio, I'd bring it home, I'd use it for the family Bible times, and inevitably, it gets what? Lost. Where Mm -hmm. you're going to bed, you're like, where was my Bible? And you wake up, you're like, where was my Bible again? And so, I need a Bible on my desk, I need a Bible by the bed, I need a Bible in the kitchen that I can access easily, right? They're just accessibility to God's word. And then uh, here's another one too, that I've talked a lot about on the growth initiative. And this seems so obvious, but I think people underestimate the power of this. Go to your YouTube. Like if if you are, if you like Instagram, if you like YouTube, I love YouTube. Katie loves YouTube. Go to your homepage and look at all the recommended videos. You get to have a lot of say in what those recommended videos are on your homepage. And just this afternoon, I pulled it up. And what were the recommended videos? It was clearly my interest last year. You know, it was all, all jujitsu tutorials. It was, you know, um, you know, shoot, tact, tact, you know, uh, tricks for improving your, your pistol accuracy. Um, it was, you know, business hacks, you know, for, for how to grow your business. It was, you know, a few Navy SEAL podcasts on there. And I you're going well, to say it. I didn't, I don't know if it's embarrassing or not. I don't think it's embarrassing, but I think there's a <laughs> lot of Navy SEAL podcasts every yeah. time I pull it up. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, I wasn't going to get away without saying that one. <laughs> and, and again, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. This was a theme of last year. And I'm not saying I was ashamed of it. I'm not saying, no. oh, I can't believe this is what I was watching last year, but it was just kind of like obvious. This is what was, was a recent theme. So I get to go and I can unsubscribe to any of those channels that I'm currently subscribed to, or I can just click on the video and say, not interested. And then I can go through, find videos that are supporting the things that I want to be growing in, in this next year. And again, that's not just the Bible. I do want to get more hands-on and tactical with growing our business. So I found a couple other business people that I really do enjoy following, subscribe Mm -hmm. to their channels. And then I go to some of my favorite Bible teachers and I, and I subscribe to them or I just kind of boost, hit the notifications. Like I want to make sure I'm notified when these guys come out with a video and then all of a sudden that is a system. So then when I pull up YouTube, what's recommended to me is something that is supporting what I want to be about in this upcoming year, rather than saying, I think I've done this in times past, I need to stop getting on YouTube, right? Like that's something that we oftentimes will say, I need to stop wasting time on fill in the blank, rather than using that thing to actually support and endorse what it is you're currently wanting to grow in. Because I I personally think that YouTube can be a phenomenal resource. Everybody knows that. It's a great learning tool for sure. Yeah. So you've got millions of hours of the best Bible teachers that have ever lived of sermons of straight up, just the Bible being read, you know, with like music in the background. Um, anyways, so that's, that's another practical thing I do. Like when I have that moment of clarity, I'm like, okay, instead of it recommending, you know, NFL highlights, let's have it recommend a pastor's most recent sermon. And I can listen to that. Yeah. So having that, uh, like that's something else that we're changing in the new year, I guess is, 
who's speaking into our lives. Mm -hmm. And last year, we had both the different voices that were speaking into our lives that were the go-to voices for us. And we can look back and just realize, okay, do what voices do we want to continue with us into 2024? What were really serving us? And what became maybe more vices or just more unhelpful, and we just want to leave those in 2023 and move on with fresh new voices. And that's something that we can do if you still have social media going and curating that page. You know, if you can't unfollow your friends because you love them, like I totally get that. And we went through a season when I had social media, I just muted everybody. And I love how they have that feature on, I think they still have it on Instagram Mm -hmm. or Facebook or stuff like that. So just really choose like make the algorithm work for you, Yeah, I guess. So that's something that we're going to change going forward. Um, I know I've done that. I've like recreated myself multiple, multiple, multiple times through just reevaluating those videos that are popping Yeah, your home page, me. like your YouTube. Because they know what gets you. Yes. You know, they have your number. They do. And, and like I said, it can very much serve you. It can, Where yeah. like you go to your home page and, you know, it would probably be things around like having a peaceful Sabbath or whatever, you yeah, know, classical like education. Or sure. Yeah, exactly. And they can really serve you. Um, which is probably why I'm just like taking a break from all of them right now because I feel like I've had all of that I can take for a while. Um, I'm in more of like a creation mode mm-hmm. right now. Um, yeah, so anyways, that, those are some things that we're taking. I mean, I would say primarily... We want to change our scripture intake. We want to change the voices that are speaking into our lives. Um, I mean, you can't go into the new year without having some kind of fitness goal or (laughs) change. So Elisha's taking that really seriously with CrossFit. keep telling him he looks amazing, but he knows. Well, it's not about aesthetics. You don't want to get injured, and I don't want you to get injured this year. That was a big bummer. Yeah, and I know a lot of people that know about CrossFit are probably thinking like, well, if you don't want to get injured, CrossFit is probably like the yeah, worst form of exercising. I'm a little worried about you, that. Because uh, that's actually probably been some of the worst injuries I've gotten <laughs> in my life from, <laughs> from CrossFit. But I do feel like I'm on a really manageable program that's actually, that is going to, you know, CrossFit started as a kind of injury prevention form of working out. It, when it became a sport, just like with so many things, once it becomes a sport in and of itself, it can then become very counterproductive. I mean, I think that's what happened with jujitsu where it was Mm -hmm. this healthy hobby for me and then it becomes a sport and all of a sudden you're like, this is becoming way too specialized within these movements and it it becomes very counterproductive. I think if you keep CrossFit, this is, I'm trying to talk myself and you into this. Well, I'm fine with it right now. We'll see when the first, if and when, you know, the first injury happens, we can reconsider it. There you go. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want, I don't want to get, I'm not I'm, planning on getting injured. I'm not are. planning on trying to go hard or anything like that. I I'm truly really, want yeah. to be healthy. And, um, I'm really stoked you're doing it right now. Cool. I'm totally behind you. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, and then, okay. I think that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch more things I'm sure we could have said, but we got a little hung up on those. We clearly feel very passionately about yeah. the ones we <laughs> shared. So folks, thank you all so much for listening. We're excited about a new year. We hope you are too. Talk to you soon. Hip, hip, hooray. (laughs) Bye-bye.